for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy, candy, candy. Oh, yes, yes. Cisco Kennedy, JC, you know what it is. It is Air Candy. Back again. Talking about all things new with music, technology, what's coming up. And what's new with Coffee and Candy. What's new with K&K. All things new with Coffee and Candy. How are you feeling today, JC? I'm feeling great. I'm glad to be back in the studio recording another podcast. We've taken a couple of weeks off, but it's time to get back to work. Yeah. So right now we're uh, prepping for some shows coming up. Uh, Springtime is upon us as we record this episode. And uh, one of the things that I like to just start off with is I've been putting it out there on our socials is block party season is approaching. I believe it or not, you might think, how it's still cold outside, but block party season is approaching. Yeah, we've got our first block party of the season, which will be Friday, March 15th. Uh, That will be uh, in downtown Providence at the corners of Matthewson and Washington. It's going to be sponsored by the George Restaurant. It will be their way of celebrating St. Patty's Day. The theme is Get Lucky at the George on St. Patty's Day weekend. Uh, There's going to be great music, as always. Great light show. Great uh, DJ lineup. I think there's going to be a raffle going to be some props it's going to be great it'll be a little chilly but i think they'll have a tent and heaters we had a great crowd last year we're hoping to duplicate it and for us it's you know kicking off the season for our live performances get lucky with k and k maybe <laughs> there uh, might be some merchandise right like we have been doing in the past you never know what you're going to expect at a coffee and candy show uh just recently we had a show and we had kind of threw in there an unreleased mix that we did uh it was something that was very well known uh it was Corey hart sunglasses at night worldwide tune everyone knows it if you're over 25 you should know this tune right uh and we kind of flipped it and made it into this really like aggressive sort of techno style i I call it and it was well received we got a lot of great responses like whoa when are you dropping that it was a it's a great song i love it i stand by it I think it's one of our better products that have come out, say, over the last six months. I'm really excited about it. It keeps in in with our theme of keeping the music alive, right? For those folks that didn't grow up with sunglasses at night and that, you know, people that are coming up now, they're in high school or in college, in grad school, whatever the case might be, that aren't familiar, we're bringing that track back to them uh, for the first time. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's a good groove. It's a great groove when you have a crowd in front of you. You can really feel that energy. That's why we made that sort of tune. It's not something to kind of just sit back uh, and just like listen to in the car. It's definitely something where you want to feel the energy of a crowd bouncing up and down. Yes, but like everything, my lawyer hat is always worn. And I'm, you know, I'm a little suspicious about this song. And I need to tell everyone why. Okay. For those that don't know, Tiesto and Heidi Klum dropped a remake of Sunglasses at Night, and it came out, they announced it right around the time that we finished and put ours out there, and then they dropped it a week later with all of the studio-backed promo to make it seem like it's a one-of-a-kind, right? <laughs> right? 
I just think we're on the same mind path, well, us and Tiesto, that's all. For those that have been listening to the podcast <laughs> for a long time, those know how proud we were and how excited when Tiesto played our remix of Frida Weekends, uh, Frida Redding's Weekends yep. on his Club Life podcast. Which was actually about one year ago to date. Yes, but let's not forget how we put that track out, how proud of what we were. And then two months later, I'm at EDC Vegas. I'm in the front row. Tiesto's on the main stage. And all of a sudden, I hear this melody and this lead and this bass. And it's just a little faster than the Frieder Redding's Weekends mix. And I said, no fucking way. (laughs) He's going to play our song here at EDC Vegas. And I listened a little more closely. I realized that Tiesto was playing one of his own tracks called Feel Your Ghost, which was suspiciously similar to our work. Now, fast forward a year later, (laughs) Coffee and Candy is dropping a flip or a remake of Sunglasses at Night, and a week later, Tiesto puts out one. I don't know. I'd like to have a discussion (laughs) with Tiesto. I'd like to put him under oath at a deposition and question (laughs) him about these two projects because we're always getting our asses kicked for copyright infringement and all our shit's getting pulled down and we're getting hate mail from all these sites saying that we're, you know, violating the copyrights. I want to know where Tiesto, maybe he's tapping our phones or he has spies in the community and they're secretly whispering to him all the K&K secrets and he's two steps ahead of us with his bigger teams and his bigger budgets. I love the guy, but I don't know. I got to have a conversation with him. In the most <laughs> oddest, wackiest way, I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I hope you're right because that means that we're on to something, right? Listen, I like the Tiesto version, but I have to say I think the K&K version is a lot better and it's much more suitable for Tiesto-style music in festival main stage events. Oh, we talking about um, like the sunglasses at night? Absolutely. Oh, it's actually, it's I haven't seen so much of him promoting it. It's out there on the, most of the record pools just have Heidi Klum. His name isn't even involved uh, when it comes to most of the record pools. On like the social promos, yes, his name's involved. But like when you go to to access the actual track, it just says Heidi Klum. That's interesting because there were um, there must have been a photo shoot done. The two of them are together. Mm-hmm. They're in like a nightclub environment behind the decks, and they're hugging and laughing all over one another. So obviously, he was heavily involved in it. Oh, yeah. And, and she's not known for her music. We know that. She's a model. Yeah. He produced it, and I, I think it's more of her single to run with. I don't really think it's what his team is focusing on, because he actually just dropped a song this week with... Um, Carol G? Yep. Spanish track? Yeah. Latin yep. track? I just saw it. Uh, it's called Contigo? Yeah. Okay. With you. I think I got Spanish. that right. Yeah. Yep. So that is his like lead uh, promo single at the moment. Got it. Um, so I, I think like the sunglasses at night just might be a side project that, yeah, it's out. He produced it, but I don't think that's what his team is focusing on right now. Well, just like his team's attention was drawn to the Frida Redding's Weekends remix, I hope that they saw the coffee and candy sunglasses at night, and I hope they gave it a listen, and I hope that Tiesto does us twice over and incorporates our version of that song into one of his future podcasts, Club Life. 
Well, speaking of uh, songs and artists and uh, record labels, all things when it comes to music business, uh, we're in talks right now with a couple different labels to try to sign a couple different songs, gaining some interest, gaining some traction, uh, which I think overall is just a good, good feeling. Uh, it's nice to know that people see a value in the coffee and candy product that was once just sort of, again, is an idea that we came up with. Let's put out some fun remixes, some like originals. Uh, and and now we're actually having some conversations with some labels that are interested in some coffee and candy music. I agree. I'm very excited about this. And this is an important breakthrough. Uh, not necessarily like on a personal level, we should treat this as like a major accolade, but, but more so like we're finally going to have an opportunity to potentially get our music into the distribution pipeline like coffee and candy tracks are streaming on the platforms and they're available on the record pools and that's great but so isn't so many other folks coming up like us mixed in with all the people that are accomplished at all different levels from a to z but having a label back us allows us to push the track potentially onto radio uh, promotion into other uh, platforms and areas that we can't get into on our own. Uh, and let's face it, you know, we're making the music because we're passionate about it, but the music's like a product. We've got to get it out there to the customer base, which equates to fans and audience. And the only way to grow the fan base and to grow the audience is to have as many pipelines or as channels as possible to put the music out there. We can play locally until, you know, we're blue in the face. We can make music 24-7 in the studio. We can get the licenses. We can put it on the streams. We can, um, I'm sorry, on the streaming platforms. We can put it on the pools. But there are there's a billion people living on the planet. There's 350 million here in the United States alone. We've got to get the music out there so that folks can enjoy what we're so passionate about. Yeah, and like to tie it into obviously what you do for a living, you have more of a chance of success when you be when you are represented by someone than going in there on your own and like representing yourself. So kind of like in the courtroom, if you're just an individual, say, uh, "Hey, I'm just here. I don't have a lawyer. I'm representing myself." Well, good luck with that. Maybe, maybe you might you might have somewhat of a chance maybe but if you're represented by someone there's a much better chance same thing with the music world right that, that's a great point you know there's an old adage that that isn't spoken uh in the courtrooms and it says that you know only a fool has himself as a client which means it's foolish to represent yourself and that's because people that represent themselves also known as pro se litigants are required to follow all the rules and constrictors that the rest of us have to live by in the courtroom and the judges don't cut them any latitude because the rules of procedure don't call for it well when you look at the music business there's all sorts of laws and rules and regulations that need to be followed about for instance copyright infringement copyright laws when we're doing events there's uh, all sorts of uh, permits that are required and different regulations on uh, you know the capacity of a venue and um having the right certified people when you're doing pyrotechnics, whatever. I'm just saying that in the world of music and musical performances, there's there are layers of rules and regulations in being represented by someone, yeah. a music label that's tied in with the right lawyers and the right management people that know all of those things. 
things will increase our ability to be successful in the music world. Just like having a lawyer represent you in the courtroom will increase your like your your likelihood of being successful with regard to your case. Yeah. Great analogy, yeah. by the way. So thank you. As we get more in depth with trying to get the coffee and candy product out there, uh, we learn more and we educate ourselves more just about, uh, you know, what are the necessary steps to really get the music out there to the masses? And uh, it is it is a very interesting process, to say the least. And it's not something that is just learned over the month, over the year. It's, it's kind of just a little bit at a time we start to pick apart and figure out, okay, understood. So if that makes sense, then this is the reason why this is the next step or this is the reason why this is the next step and it's always kind of changing like and evolving like where should our focus be on one thing's for sure we know got to keep on pumping out music got to keep on doing shows uh but now it's just there is a greater purpose on the back end of 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 what we are trying to figure out going forward without a doubt but and i also though feel that this journey that we're on you know sort of think of it as a road we continue to move further and further down there always seems to be some obstacle we have to get over some pothole we have to sidestep and 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 frankly having done this with you now for for the past two plus years there are a lot of straight bullshitters out there you know people that maybe recognize that we have something to offer in terms of our our talent or our ability to provide live shows the, the coffee and can coffee and candy brand and i feel like we get approached by people all the time trying to sell us a dream they can do this for us they can do that for us and because we're not represented and we're so eager to get to the next level yeah you know you and i have sort of fallen victim to the used car salesman a couple of times of people that are promising the world they're going to do this they're going to do that and and you know we, we give them the benefit of the doubt only to learn later that those people didn't have the know-how or the experience or the connections to make any of it happen and and in the moment we're bitter and we're upset about those moments but when i look those experiences but when i look in the rearview mirror and i reflect back on it i'm learning a lot from it and it's Absolutely. making me smarter and wiser about how coffee and candy is going to handle itself when we get to the next experience or the next event. Great, great, great point. Great point. Uh, you have to be willing to take a few losses. And I, I don't look at them as losses. I just look at them as in, okay. Learn, learning lessons. Learning lessons. Now we know how this works. Without a doubt. Right. And then learning from that to go forward. At the end of the day, regardless, we got to go forward have to keep moving forward no matter how many times we quote unquote might you know fall down or fail have to keep moving forward that is the only way i agree and and it makes me want to mention something to you because i don't want people in the local community to think we're going backwards a number of people have come up to me maybe over the last couple of months and they've said hey are you playing anywhere tonight are you going to be at this venue are you going to be at that venue and I had to tell those people, no, we're not going to be here. We're not playing there regularly anymore. Mm -hmm. And just referring to the local venues. And, you know, we need to remind people, you know, why we're not out there as much as we used to. And, and I think that, you know, I want to just take the lead and come right out and say that as we've continued to work together and find our sound, we sort of realize that our passion really lies with big sounds, very energetic music that really requires a big space 
preferably outdoors or a larger indoor environment. And I don't think that the kind of music that you and I are so focused on really meshes well neatly with smaller venues. And we learned that over time. Yeah. The other thing is, is that we've learned that Look, we've got access to the same music that everyone else in the world has access to. And playing music and blending and mixing is a lot of fun, but it only is going to get you so far, right? We've got to continue to focus in the studio, which is very time consuming and requires a lot of thought, a lot of energy, a lot of careful deliberation that when we're out playing a live venue, we're taking time away from the studio, which ultimately leads to the original coffee and candy product that enables us to move further forward. So I don't want folks to think that we're not interested in playing for the local crowds or we're ignoring our fans or we've turned our backs on the owners of some of the smaller venues that have helped us come along. We're happy to play in those places. We love those people. We'll always love those people. We'll return to those venues. But we're at a critical stage right now in our growth where we've got to spend as much free time uh, collectively in the studio. It's off season for the weddings for you. I'm juggling coffee and candy with a busy professional career. So whenever I get the free time, I don't want to be up until 2 a.m. playing to a local small venue when I could be up at 2 a.m. with you in the studio thinking about the next jewel that we're going to produce together. That is very, very well said because it really only takes one. It takes one song, one hit. Every once in a while, you see it. In the past couple of years, there's these names like uh, like Mao P and um, Own Boss, right? Right? Hey, Crace. Yep. Like these guys, although I'm sure like to them, it's, hey, I've been at this for 20 years. Well, me too, buddy. But you just did pop onto the mainstream scene and had this big record. And now all of a sudden you are added to the big list of all, the, you know, like the greats. And we're just after that same goal, you know, we're just after that same goal that, hey, coffee and candy has what it takes to come up with one of those records that can just boom right to the top. Exactly. But, you know, this kind of reminds me, I know a lot of times when we talk together and and once in a while on the podcast, we'll make that analogy between the music and, and the law and Many years ago, I used to work for this great guy. He was like a dad to me, an absolute mentor. His name was Vin. And in Vin's office, we used to only handle medical cases. And every person in the community who thinks they were mistreated by a doctor thinks they're going to strike gold with a medical malpractice case, which is not the case. But in any event, we used to spend a lot of money on advertising. We used to get tons of calls every day. And Vince used to say that there would be a legitimate, viable medical malpractice case for every 300 potential cases that we reviewed. Wow. And Vince would spend anywhere from five to 20,000 on a case review. And that's how much money would get put up over the course of hundreds of cases before we'd hit one that would ultimately be worth millions. I wasn't, I didn't have the stomach for that kind of practice. So that's why I left over the years and, and got into the criminal stuff where my passion lies. But it's sort of the same thing with the music. So yes. for every 300, there would be a home run hit in the med mal world. For every 300, you know, of course, we hope it's not that high, but <laughs> for every X number of productions in yeah. the studio, there will be a very, very small fraction that will equate to a national or a global hit. Yeah. I've always been kind of felt like associated with one out of a hundred. You have to write a hundred songs to get that hundred and one that is like, hey, 
this one actually uh, has all the pieces to the puzzle here. This one might just fit. And right? because it takes so long to come up with an original idea and translate it from your mind onto the computer into a finished product, the time spent in the studio is so much more important and valuable than being out in the community, playing a two or three hour gig to a mixed crowd size for very little income. Where here, our passions can come alive in the studio. And that's why I think we've sw- we, we sort of turned away more so from the small local venue towards the studio. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of that brings up a good story that... I like to tell that I had just kind of uh, watched. There was these two DJs on a podcast, and they were discussing why aren't there many new original, quote-unquote, hit songs coming out lately? Why does it seem like everything is a remake? Why does it seem like everything is a sample? Um, is it just because people don't have the talent anymore absolutely not there's great great songwriters and great people making original content every day but this is what they said and i thought that this actually made a lot of sense the record labels before all the streaming apps were like the thing the record labels would focus a lot of the budget on making club music club music that got played in the clubs and that's what people wanted to hear there's there's a new big hit out you can go and dance to it in the clubs now with the streaming services these labels are getting the understanding that wait a minute we don't have to make club music anymore in order to have hit records we can make down tempo music all styles is um, like lo-fi and there's all these different other styles of Uh, songs that are being made that are not club music not festival music and they're getting millions and millions and millions of streams every day and that is why original songs are not hit records anymore they're all the new songs that are coming out are not made for the clubs anymore they're made for streaming that's that's the big aha moment All the new songs coming out are not made for the club. They're made for streaming. And they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars off millions and millions of streams. And these are songs that are just really kind of relaxed, lo-fi, you know, songs. Again, they're not danceable songs. They're not club songs. But before the streaming apps were a thing, the labels would focus primarily on making club music. Does this make sense? It does. I'm, I'm, I'm not being quiet because uh, I'm in disbelief of what you're saying. I'm just sort of trying to process it. And I'm trying to think to myself that um, I guess I don't have my fingers on the pulse of how record labels today really generate revenue. I know that when I was growing up, they would print and sell vinyl and then they would sell cassette tapes and then they would sell CDs. And that when these things came out, everyone flocked to the store to buy them. And that was a product that they sold. Now, music is basically available for free, whether folks want to admit that or not. I mean, yeah, I guess you can pay for Apple Music or Spotify, but these are very small amounts of money. And you can rip the shit off YouTube because it gets put there for free right away. So 
So I'm not sure how record labels are making money anymore, but I'll suggest that the, I'll bet if we looked at the financials, you know, financial reports, financial statements, they call them, the accountants put them out each year, and we looked at the revenues of what these companies make today versus what they were making in the 80s, I'll bet you that there's been a quite a dip because there's not a product to sell anymore. And I'll bet you that, look, if you bought a CD or a tape years ago, you had to pay $10, $12, $15 for it. And I'm yeah. sure there was yep. a, a big profit in that. Yep, there was an average of like 10 to 20 bucks but for now, a new album. These streaming sites, are uh, they're paying out a fraction of a penny at every play. So I don't quite know... You know how it how it translates into dollars and cents, but I'll bet that has a lot to do with why there's not a lot of new music as well. Yeah, but everything you said makes sense. There's no more records, tapes, cassettes, or CDs being sold. There's only streaming. There's only only streaming left to make like the money on the music. Um, but that was a big aha for me. I said, "Wow, why didn't I see like?" Why didn't I I'm like pick up on this earlier? You're right. All these original songs that are coming out, they're not club records. They're not. All the songs that we play in a club style setting are the sample recycle records of all the 80s and the 90s and now the early 2000s uh, hits. And all the songs that are like originals, because there's original songs that come out every day by some of the biggest artists and labels in the world but like the narrative of what the target audience for those songs they're not club music it's not it's no longer club music and that's why to us djs that play electronic music we're looking at it like we got to stick to what people know because that's what makes that connection of us playing something that they can dance to instantly and we can get that sort of crowd participation like reaction sing along dance along because it's something that only connects with them uh, where if if we're dropping all new songs although some people might say oh yeah this is cool but if they don't know it it's tough for them to enjoy it in the moment and what we do is we like to put together shows that give people a memorable experience in the moment do we not of course, that's yeah. so, so important. But I'm, I'm just sitting here, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking at the same time, and there are a number of electronic artists out there that, that are not really sampling. John Summit doesn't sample. Cascade is not sampling. Tiesto has had some samples, but a lot of his work is new. Zed's work is new. When I think back, a lot of their stuff is new. It's not sampled. James Hype is sampling a lot of stuff, but that's his whole style. He tells you that from day one, yeah. you know, the way he makes music. So I'm just thinking about some of these folks and uh, they're not all sampling and, and they were able to to get their name and to get their songs out there. But but it's interesting that you mentioned this because um, some of our fans and our friends know that, you know, we're friends with Vinny Vibe. And I remember having a conversation with Vinny one night and he sort of mentioned he was he was talking about the industry and mentioning that you know that at one point there was a pretty big wave to be ridden and that's how a lot of folks got really popular really quickly mm -hmm. and perhaps those folks that rode that wave who were in the game as just regular DJs before the wave began to crest uh, got to the top and they've just been able they've had the 
the dollars, the teams, and the connections to allow them to stay there. Maybe yeah. that's that's how it how it played out. With with originals, by the way, that that you know have withstood the test of time and that are still getting played. A lot of these tracks are 10, 12 years old and they still get played regularly at live shows. I don't want to drop names, but a lot of the DJs that I'm fans of are still recycling their old tracks from you know the early 2000s, 2005, 2010, and they're still major hits. In fact, when we go to Ultra next month, you're going to recognize a lot of them yourself. But maybe, maybe that, maybe what you're saying is true. And a lot of the, what I'm, what I'm thinking of is the guys that are at the tippity top. But they got there, you know, maybe a decade ago, and they've been able to stay. John Summit's kind of a newcomer, so maybe he's the statistical outlier. Cascade's been in the business forever. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting. It's, it it yeah. is interesting. It was. Uh, I was like, wow! Like this big light bulb went off, and I said, no shit. That makes a lot of sense. Labels are not focusing on making club music anymore because that's just not where the money is. It's it's in it's in the streaming. So they're making music that is streamable. Well, listen, let's just take that hypothesis yeah. and run with it. Yeah. Maybe that's why cities like Providence and other small cities don't have a big nightlife, right? I'm always complaining how Providence was once a nightlife destination, had a series of nightclubs in the 90s and the early 2000s. Many. And now it's just like a bar scene. There's a couple of nightclubs here and there. They don't do super well and they don't draw the crowds. Now, when you go to a major city, you know, New York, Boston comes to mind just because it's close by. A few other places, Miami, Vegas, LA, you have some big clubs out there, but perhaps the populations of those cities are so large that they're able to carve out a fraction of the people that are still nightclub goers to allow those venues to be popular. And But maybe that's the idea. The label's not putting out enough club records because the masses of people aren't going to clubs so regularly anymore hence everyone's listening to the streams the big city markets are a little bit different but your average hometown small you know middle america small town small city america doesn't have the nightlife because people aren't going out as they used to it's kind of something i've brought up before yeah Interesting. We could talk about this conversation for a long time. I have a feeling we're going to because because <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about it. You know how I am. I get something in my mind and I can't let it go. So. Yeah. But like for this episode, going to wrap it up as always, putting on the K&K music mix. And uh, this is our club music, right? So, hey, Sunglasses at Night now available on all platforms. So go check it out. I believe on Apple Music, it's uh, S.A.N. I had to put it like that for copyright reasons. Sunglasses at night coffee and candy here we go get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy
trip, just a simple journey, a journey full of sound and beat. I said the underground, where your body begins to tremble, one that will lead you down, way down to the underground.
was in my mouth and we lost the words. So I told her back it up like burp, burp. And I made that ass jump like jerk, jerk. And that's when she